Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with Jun Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope that you are doing very well. A lot to get to today. First, a chat with Chloe Beresford of Curva e Calcio for just a quick chat about Fiorentina and all of the chaos that has been going on there lately. And then Andy and myself, we will get into our usual dissecting of the euro, the transfer market, so on and so forth. Very briefly, though, before I bring Chloe on, a big thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Giovanni. D'Agostino. As always, thank you to our wonderful patrons over at Patreon who allow us to continue what we do here. So without further ado, let me bring Chloe on now and then it will immediately jump into Andy and myself. Okay, so I am delighted to welcome back on old friend Chloe Beresford, who, if you follow her on Twitter, you will know that she recently announced that she became a meditation teacher. And I couldn't help but find the parallels to that, Chloe, with how that coincided with Rocco Comiso just making an absolute mess. And that's probably the kindest way I can put it of this entire Gattuso thing. Yeah, I think Fiorentina fans need a bit of calm in their life, to be honest. (laughs) So you've you've become the self-appointed, I guess, calmness guru. (laughs) Listen, so I was following your timeline throughout that entire thing and wasn't exactly shocked to see you have such a strong reaction. But I don't know if it's even worth getting into the bigger picture portion of it. But when something like that happens, for me, I look at it from like a bigger picture standpoint, because again, I, I saw some parallels sort of with Roma, with Palalta. You have to like have major concerns about the club, right? Or, or is this just another thing where you just think that it was sort of like the perfect result of all of these various circumstances brewing together and this is what happened? The way I see it is that, um, you know, a bit like the the Roma thing where uh, they keep getting ACL injuries and Mm. you you can't, you know that there's a real bad problem somewhere, but you can't quite put your finger on the exact cause. Um, He's he's been like that with Fiorentina, except in a kind of a more disastrous way. Um, (laughs) That all these things keep happening and you can't, you can't exactly, you could look at it like, well, on this occasion, it was this person's fault. And on this occasion, it was this person's fault. But like you say, with the bigger picture, when you zoom out, you've got to say that all this is coincided with the with the new ownership coming in. And right. um, it just seems like there's this terrible negative atmosphere around the club and, 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 we thought it couldn't get any worse under the previous owners, the Della Valles, because, uh, you know, they were famous for not putting any money in and 
Um, and Rocco Camiso comes and he, he talks about, oh, he loves the city. He says all the right things about the supporters and the passion and all that. And then speaks Italian too. Exactly. It, it, it looks like, you know, finally things are looking up. And, uh, he's, you know, he seems like a really great guy. And then um, I think, I don't know if, because obviously he's very successful in his telecom business over in the US. Um, I don't know if he's approached it in kind of uh, almost like a, a business way where if you were taking over a business, you would sort out the infrastructure first, wouldn't you? You would you would go deep and, and look at the underlying problems. And and I think he, he tried to do that with um, the new stadium, the training ground and all those sort of things. But in football, you can't do that. You've got to sort out what's going on on the pitch because if you haven't got a team that's performing well, your stock becomes so, so low that as a business, you, you're not going to be able to perform. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's getting into all these fights with the council, um, very very public fights uh, over the the new stadium. Um, he's talked about referees. He's he's been very very vocal and very public, and and he's made enemies of all the um, local reporters. Right. Um, Cartelino Rosso. Yeah, and he had that very, I mean, very... The press conference was so... I, I could only imagine just being a supporter of the club. Just That was so vivid, that entire thing. It, I, I mean, obviously, being a neutral third party, of course I was laughing, but I couldn't imagine just being a supporter. Watching this guy, yes, it is funny, but it's at the expense of your club. I mean, he, I, I thought he was really embarrassing during that entire thing. Yeah, yeah, and I like you say when it's your club you think well um okay you seem to be going on this like moral crusade but you're doing it with my club and that's that's right. not on you know obviously there are a lot of things in football that need to change and there are a lot a lot of things in italy that are frustrating the bureaucracy and etc cetera, etc cetera. but one man on his own is not able to change all that just through shouting and 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 being loud um mm. and, and he keeps saying well you know uh, it's not your money it's my money that's being invested here and you think well okay but a football club belongs to the fans right. um it is the the club would be nothing without them so you can't just you can't just go and say stamp your feet and say well i want this to happen and it's just it totally the wrong way to go about it yeah and again it's sort of bizarre when you look at it from the standpoint of this guy's italian speaks the language but clearly was coming willing and ready to invest into the club. I I still think that it can go well. Where do you think he's been let down the most? Has it been the people that have been around him? And then on top of that, he's giving these bizarre press conferences. He's he, he's bragging about having finished, what was it, top 10? Or was it the top half of the table? Which, Chloe, I think you or I should be guiding Fiorentina into a top half or even a top 10 finish in the table. This is Fiorentina. This is not Sassuolo. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, last season, if you look at the table, uh, Fiorentina finished 13th and uh, Bologna and Genoa both had more points than Fiorentina. So um, that is certainly nothing, nothing to boast about at all. Um, I think uh, a lot of people have been quite critical of Joe Barone and I don't know if he um, wants too much power or I don't know. I, obviously, 
you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, do you? You can't right. you can't say for definite. But um, there's now rumours that Giancarlo Antonioni is is going to leave, um, and uh, the talk was that they'd because obviously he's got this like an honorary vice president role, and. It, it was almost like, uh, you know, when they make people sort of reapply for their own job kind of thing. They'd, <laughs> they'd offered him a, a sort of a scouting job where he'd be, have to be going all over oh, the world looking Lord. at players. And and that's just not um, the kind of thing you do for somebody who's so legendary at the club like that. And um, so I don't know. Um, there, it, there was something strange about the way Prandelli suddenly quit. Um it's almost yeah, as if I saw this... people mentioning that it, it, it is bizarre, but I, I don't think you could really hold that against Comiso. Yeah, I mean that was so unforeseen. It was, it was, and and obviously it was the um, the fact that he was sort of struggling with his mental health, and nobody right. can nobody can hold that against Comiso um, per se. But um, it's this thing where lots of little things add up, and there were there were sure. rumours that the you know that it was a really bad negative atmosphere, and that does seem to ring true with the other things that have happened as well it just I don't know whether he felt that his mental health suffered because the atmosphere was so bad I don't I don't know but um nothing has been handled well nothing right um I I guess uh to be in all fairness I suppose the fact that they have now started work on this new training ground is something that they that is a positive um but it's all been so public you know like a uh, a really bad family row that should always be um you know they say don't air your dirty laundry in public but it's all been so public and it's all uh so dysfunctional and uh, you know you think i was just so so pleased when they appointed katuzo i thought after exactly so, what they needed in my opinion yeah it's just the kind of coach that um would take the team by the scruff of the neck. I mean, we saw what happened when uh, he took over at Napoli. Ancelotti had left the team in an absolute mess, a disaster. And we we thought, you know, they were going to be dreadful, but he picked them up and they won the Coppa Italia. And uh, he does things like send players home from training when, they, when they're when not uh, trying their hardest. And I thought right. that um, that would be so, so good for Fiorentina because they've got into such a sort of a mental slump. Um, but he, he's bizarrely, so bizarrely, been appointed and then been sent away again. Whether you know, I don't know what's gone on with the the agent thing, but with Camiso, there seems to be such a lot of ego involved mm. um, that it's like my way or the highway, and it's this whole it's my money kind of thing. Um, it's bizarre, to be honest. It, it really is. Yeah, it is. And the thing I also find a bit strange because he's done this a few times where he has gotten so frustrated where he more or less threatens to sell the club. I mean, the the the, the press conference that he gave last month, that wasn't the first time where he's mentioned this. He's done this no. a few times. I find that to be really weird. To me, it's you would you're doing yourself more of a disservice by continually doing this, almost like the child, you know, sort of just pouting. I was going to say it's it is it is quite childish behavior isn't it it's just like right then well i'll just quit and i'll you know take my ball home and take my money with me and and then you'll be sorry kind of thing and it, I, mm. I, that's just not a way to conduct yourself is it when you're a football club owner 
I guess I would just toss this out to you because you have a much better understanding as to the background of it. But what has it been one thing that the local media has taken issue with in regards to Comiso? Is, or is it just a series of things and his his whining about it has, again, sort of exacerbated everything? Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of it was to do with the the, the whole Yakini situation mm. that he said that that he felt under pressure yeah, the first the, the first time to to fire Yakini. Um, so obviously then he brought in Prandelli and then Prandelli quit and then he brought Yakini back and there was criticism for bringing Yakini back. Um, and he was saying, well, you, you know, you pressured me into firing him in the first place and. Uh, and he was saying you know it it was kind of pointing the finger at at some of the criticism about the hiring but the fact was that um, Yakini was brought in after Montella had failed to kind of keep Fiorentina up and that we know that 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 is his speciality that is what he's good at and what Camiso should never have done and if he asked anybody in Italian football circles they would have told you the same thing is to you don't then rehire him for the following season he's a, he's a survival expert he's going to play very negative tactics and grind out draws and and ugly ugly performances just to get enough points to survive and it's never it's never a long-term appointment. So he sh- should not have done that. But then when he did that and then was criticised by the press, he didn't like it. Mm. As I said, so many parallels that you can draw from this situation to the Roma of Palotta, sort of how he handled uh, criticism and the media. It's quite interesting how they both took these very uh, vivid and very almost retaliatory, I think is maybe the right word, I'm not sure, routes in responding to the criticism that they felt was unwarranted. It is interesting. All right, Chloe, this has been great. Certainly, we went far too long in between times chatting and just catching back up so i really enjoy this and as a reminder you can find all of chloe's work her podcast her writing over at curva thanks so much chloe for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Andy. So I'd like to start these generally in a good mood. But after we saw Leonardo Spinazzola absolutely ball out this weekend against Austria, I was both happy. I had, listen, I had a mix of emotions because a few people in this Italian Roma supporter uh, telegram group that I'm a part of, they started posting these screenshots from the swamp deal involving Spinazzola and Luca Pellegrini. And I coupled that with some of the reactions I saw to the story that we posted about Tommaso Milanese potentially being sold and how some of the reactions that I saw, there were a lot of people up in arms. And (laughs) the happiness that I felt for Spinazzola absolutely bawling out was sort of tempered by having to read some of these phenomenal opinions from some individuals throwing a fit because uh, Roma might be letting go of Milanese, a guy who really hasn't proven anything on a senior level. And I just draw so many mm, parallels to that to (laughs) Luca Pellegrini. I mean, we have so 
many examples that we can choose from. Luca Pellegrini, of course he showed promise, but he didn't do anything consistently at a senior level for Roma, okay? No, the only consistent thing is he had uh, Mino Raiola as his agent. Yeah, that's, the, right. that's about as consistent as he got. <laughs> right. Now, in the interest of, I will dunk on maybe a couple of people for this, but the thing that drives me crazy is when I see people going insane over these players, I've made a couple of observations. First off, usually it's not the Italian supporters or media outlets really making a big fuss about it. I'm not saying that one way or the other, it's just judgment. I just find it interesting as an observation. Secondly, look at the track record, okay? So when I, after Spinazzola did good, I, I was so tempted to just write something flaming everybody, okay? Flaming everyone who gave the stupid take of, oh, selling Luca Pellegrini, stupid for Spinazzola. What are you thinking? Blah, blah, blah. Go look at Roma's track record of selling these young players, okay? Young players who have done nothing yet at a senior level. Look at their track record from the last... I'll even allow people to go back three decades because I doubt it's much better than the last two. But go back the last two at minimum. Andy, the only one who you can make even a slight argument for in a, as a mistake is Gianluca Scamacca. Beyond him, you're not exactly going to find a treasure trove of players that Roma sold <laughs> as a youngster, okay, that went on to become... I'm not even talking like world class. I'm not even talking great. I'm not even talking good. I'm talking mid to lower table city player. okay? It's hilarious that people still go up in arms about this as if they know something more than Roma when the evidence is so abundantly clear that they've gotten it right, right. 99% of the time. I yeah. still laugh at this. It's hilarious. And listen, I'm not going to say that I don't want Tommaso Milanese to leave. It doesn't mean I wouldn't want him to remain at the club. But the math is so overwhelmingly in Roma's favor that I, it shocks me to see people still question this. Obviously, you know, obviously there there is bound to be some good talent there. But this is, you know, it's... um. As I said before in our patron group chat, the only players that came out of uh, the youth sector from Roma in the last few years that may have made the difference on on on, on a, what somebody can say top level consistently and and can be deemed starting material um, have been uh, Florenzi, which is way 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 back. Uh, right and and uh, and Lorenzo Pellegrini, uh, correct. That's 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 about it. Like you you look at all those talents that were supposed to be, you know, just out there to to grab the <laughs> world by the balls, and then ended up in the dumpster. I mean, you have uh, Tuminello, Soleri, Viviani, Martizca, Cap Capra you're, you're, you, yeah, you are obsessed Crescenzi. with Viviani. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Um yeah and and it's just it's it's year after year you have and then and then what happens what happens when Roma listen to that instinct of oh he played one good game or two good games he needs to be on the first team uh then you get the classic Antonucci case of a guy who just hangs around sucks the money out of you 
and doesn't really contribute. You send him out on loan. You keep sending him out on loan. He gets <laughs> rejected every time because he's too busy messing with local Portuguese girls. Um, <laughs> and 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 that, that's what happens. And then you have a whole, uh, you know, a young player just wasting away. Um, maybe you can't sign somebody that is actually good and uh, will actually contribute to the team because you have Antonucci, you know, stuck. Uh, there and 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 still uh, sucking off a, a nice comfortable contract and it, that, that's that's the depressing part. So I remember when when those when it was you know when when that deal of of Luca Pellegrini uh, leaving and, and going to we, Luca Pellegrini by that point had had a terrible season where he had gotten I remember that that the card ACL. against. Yeah, the okay, the ACL is one thing. I understand that that can, you know, he he had n- a number of injuries that was lucky unlucky, but I remember yes. the times he played he had that nightmare against Spal where he got a card where he caused um a, a penalty. Uh, it was it was a player that never really showed any sort of consistency. Didn't really show any sort of promise going forward of being actually able to learn. That's exactly where he's been for the past few years in in that zone where he's just there, not really starting for Genoa, uh, getting injured, you know, from time to time, not being able to break through onto the first eleven on the pitch. When he's playing, he's not really making a difference. Now, you what he spent this year playing with ten matches, eleven games, something like that. Um, so just drifting in mediocrity, and most of these guys, unfortunately, end up like that. So it's um, I never, I never really treat these things as seriously as some people do. It seems like the, the youth sector, the primavera, is sort of like a, you know, like like a back to the roots for a lot of people because a lot right. of people like right. the idea of you know of these of this young raw talent that is is getting able to you know to to have their chance and and move up in the ranks and maybe get to play for the first team like it like it happened for the likes of uh, De Rossi, Florenzi, you know, before that Aquilani, uh now Pellegrini. So it's it's very romantic, it's very beautiful, but Let's face it, you really need to have a brilliant youth sector to be able to consistently dish out these talents and have them play for your first team. It doesn't happen at Real Madrid or Barcelona, so why should it happen at Roma? And when it happens at Real Madrid and Barcelona, you have the worst Real Madrid and Barcelona in years. Um because that's they they decide they do the same thing as 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 Roma. They decide to stick around with their youth talent far too much and um and then they have these players just hanging around and and players like Carles Perez going out on loan trying to name make a name for themselves and somewhere else and uh, i just think that listen for example if i if i if i were to read you know of darbo leaving on a permanent deal which is which is something that has been rumored it, it has been rumored but now we're starting to see you know co- contract renewal talks and and um and all that stuff i if 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 darbo were to leave on a permanent basis i would be disappointed i mean i would be i would be left wanting more just because there it was really a case of a player just coming in out of nowhere se- settling in 
and and playing really playing not just playing like say Antonucci who oh he you know he assisted Edin Dzeko in that 1-1 draw against Sampdoria that's I don't want to see that that's for me that's not making an actual impact the actual impact is a player going out of comfort zone being put in a difficult situation and knowing how to react despite being what 19 20 years old that's what Darbo did and and that's why at least there, I have proof. I have actual proof that this guy can bring it. Uh, Luca Pellegrini never never gave me that impression. Never. It was always, uh, can this guy has something interesting, but then he has all these other things that don't really attract me. And and uh, and that would have that's what happens in that in that summer with with Leonardo Spinazzola. It was quite clear that that Juventus weren't willing to bet on Pellegrini. In fact, he went on loan right away. So it's um it's you know I'm not saying that it's always easy to look back on these things as you said but sometimes you just have to trust the people in charge right, and right. unfortunately we're going through an extremely dry spell for the primavera I think it's you know in in years we haven't had this this shortage of, of talent and, and and what what comes out is, is mediocrity and and a guy like Riccardi who was you know wanted apparently oh, oh by all gosh. these top clubs and then goes to Pescara has he's eight the one appearances. you like you you mention him in our in our <laughs> yeah. patron chat all the time I do I I love it because he is like the prime example of of this sort of like this subject that we're talking about. Now, I didn't bring this up to be like a prick or something, okay? No, exactly. Basically, not, I, I, they, yeah. this all came flooding back to me in the two days because uh, there was a story of Milanese, and then uh, after that, we again, we saw Spinazzola light the world on fire, and it brought me back to people uh, mourning about Luca Pellegrini, and it was just, uh, it was a perfect storm of uh, right. wanting to touch upon this subject. But uh, yeah, you go on, because this is a yeah. guy you mentioned quite often. Yeah, but it is, you know, this is not us dunking on 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 these kids. You know, no, these kids, no, no, no. These kids have more money than we will ever have in our ten lifetimes. They, they, you know, they they have talent in their own way. They have talent. They they, they do what they like. They play. They they play the game they love, and that's great. That's fantastic. But at the same time there needs to be some sort of understanding that there is us and then there is the people that actually watch these kids and and watch them develop and i just remember that it was that season where um where it was di francesco was leaving and then ranieri was coming in and we really had to like you know work our asses off there was still hopes of getting champions in football which then obviously didn't happen but and the, everybody's answer to that situation seemed to be, oh, play Riccardi, because Riccardi can play as a number 10, and he can play as a, as a regista, and he can play as a winger if you want. He can also play as a false nine. And um, guess what? That's No, that didn't happen. It wasn't bound to happen. And it still doesn't happen. So this kid went out on loan, failed to impress at a terrible Serie B side, and it's now coming back and uh, it has to figure out something because most of these kids, that's what happens to them. Somebody like Tuminello, who was, you know, he was like, I think he was like the the golden boot of, of the Primavera. You know, he, he had scored an unbelievable number of goals in his last Primavera season, won all kinds of trophies because I think that was like the last, the last big Primavera team that won 
trophies and um and and then again that doesn't translate anywhere you gets injured yes but also it just you can't find the right footing and sometimes it's not meant to be it's just not meant to be like inter do with pinamonti pinamonti seems to be this 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 wonder kid who just hangs around doesn't do anything remotely uh, interesting uh, doesn't contribute at all but he's still there somewhere in the background um, just because he's Pinamonti. And the kid is what? Let me check now what Pinamonti is. Anyway, we keep hearing about him. And, you could throw... Uh, uh, who's the guy? Uh, Radu, the goalkeeper that they have. I mean, that yeah, guy feels right. like he has been around for a decade. Exactly. So you're uh, Pinamonti, 22 years of age. These are... It's it's okay. These are kids that have, you know, uh, a lot of promise, but a lot of promise to maybe play in, in a smaller dimension. And it just sometimes it's just not meant to be. I don't know if that's the case with Milanese, but I'm not going to be up in arms and crying about it just because I, I saw him for about 20 minutes in, in three different Europa League games. Yeah, that's playing against, you know, uh, Finnish electricians. I mean, come on. It's not as if he did this against uh, Juve or something. No, and you know it's a beautiful story to see oh, this, this guy come is. out of nowhere and and score, and then he had the assist with with Pedro. That was great, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, there is levels to this game. I hate that the, the <laughs> saying, but it, it, there's there really is levels to this game. And what Darbo did, I think that 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 is worthy of consideration because that makes you look up this kid. Uh, appeared out no, out of nowhere in the starting eleven against Manchester United, um, while the team the whole team was in shambles. He was one of the few ones to 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 remain composed and 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 still managed to showcase his talent. Um, and then he went on and performed in the remaining games to the season, closed it out beautifully. Played against Inter, Lazio, um, even in the in the in the in losses. He was the one standout that you could come on here and talk about him and his performance and his passing ability and and his physicality, his ability to 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 keep the ball at his feet no matter what, no matter who comes at him. That's mm. worthy of of attention. And and there you can be you can be disappointed you can be left wanting more if something goes through I don't think it will now I think that something along the lines of uh, one year alone somewhere in a, in a smaller team in Serie A say Sampdoria or Bologna but if if these kids you know the likes of Milanese go then let them go Bove Boer Trippi uh, okay. Uh, that's they're there. Um, I mean, I'm they're they're primavera players. They I saw them maybe once or twice in the Europa League. Um, great, but I'm my life doesn't depend on it, and I don't think that Roma's life depends on it. And no, that's the way the wheel turns. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, yeah, and listen, I think just by nature, perhaps, uh, um... Soroma supporters, maybe we tend to <laughs> lack 
maybe the self-esteem of a you know a, a group like Juventini, Milanisti, whatever. I think that's just by nature. I do think there is sort of like the inherent fear of selling somebody like a Zaniolo, okay? But if, again, if we just look at the math and the history and the evidence, it is so far in Roma's favor in this regard that, you know, when you revisit the negative takes that there were on Luca Pellegrini for Spinazzola, mm-hmm. it's just, I can't believe people still get up in arms about this um it's just interesting i i I kind of just wish that at certain moments maybe we would have a bit more faith in the individuals who watch these guys as you said on a daily basis far more than we ever will and again has there ever been an egregious uh, example that roma have had of this Uh, i can't find one who knows? Maybe you're, maybe your guy uh, Ricardi. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it turns <laughs> into something based on the hairline. I'm going with probably no on that. But nonetheless, it's just interesting <laughs> because Spinazzola again, man. At the weekend, <laughs> it, it, it's it's unbelievable. Now, when I was bringing this subject up, um, people did rightly, rightly, and correctly reference that. Well, they tried to get rid of him for uh, Matteo Politano, which, of course, would have been the, uh, you know, Petraki, he's turned into Sabatini now, where (laughs) he says I'm over Roma, but he still feels the need to do an interview once every month about Roma, which drives me nuts, by the way. I can't stand that. I Listen, man, if you say you're moving on, you keep talking about your your ex-partner, you haven't moved on, okay? He never brings that up, does he? He seems to conveniently glance over that one. He'll bring up Pa Lopez. He'll bring up other guys that he brought that have done well. <sighs> I've never heard Petraki address that one, though. Man, you almost gave up clearly the best Italian fullback for, I mean, what is Politano? A bench he's player an okay at best? player. No, he's, an okay, a, he's, right, he's an okay right. player, yeah, yeah. I mean, can't we say without any question that that was without doubt one of the best market operations that Roma has done. I don't know where it would fall in the list, but it's easily in the top 10 over the past decade, yeah? Yeah, and I also I have to wonder, you know, how much of that decision to bring in Spinazzola for, for uh, Luca Pellegrini was really, really related to football. Um, um, well, uh, if anyone doesn't realize what he's referencing... Um, <laughs> Roma, they, they, uh, Juve, they put a $15 million or dollars, Jesus, uh, Juve paid 15 million euros for Luca Pellegrini. Whereas what did Roma, what, what, what was the valuation they gave to Spinazzola in that operation? Almost 30. Yeah. 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 It, it, I yeah. think it was just under 30 27, euros. 27, something like 27, that. Okay. So it was clearly a wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, mm. Here's the uh, here's the folded up envelope from my sport jacket sort mm-hmm. of operation. Okay, mm-hmm. clearly, clearly some some false accounting going on there. But listen uh, again, if we just lay everything out on the table, all of the oh, facts. Sure. I mean, Roma. This is um, even if you didn't include the valuation of Pellegrini into into the discussion, it's still a good deal. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it is a, it is a good deal and and um this is a I think this is a player that is mm, a, a player that showed great things at Atalanta and then had uh, you know a bit of a disappointing stretch at Juventus and in the early stages for Roma it was difficult. It was difficult because Roma brought him in exactly without really you know knowing what to do with him they still had they still had color off on that left side and when you have color off on the left side and you're Roma it means that he's starting no matter what and and then you try to balance it out with Spinazzola on the right Spinazzola on the right doesn't offer you the same stuff um and then it was injuries a bit of this a bit of that uh, it was a bit of there wasn't conviction on on the part of the player and there wasn't conviction on the part of the club. And I think that um, the the breakthrough moment was probably the lowest moment in, in for Spinazzola at Roma, which is the failed transfer. You know, when you have those images of him walking around uh, the Malpensa airport, <laughs> uh, you know, just with that lost look on his, uh, those puppy eyes of him, just like right. looking for help, trying to understand why Pintus and, and, Pintus. and, and, <laughs> and Conte won't accept him. And, and, you know, and those journalists just walking up to him and saying, what did they do to you? What was, what were the tests like? What was, what was so difficult about those tests that you failed? Um, turns yeah, out for everyone, yeah. If, if if you don't know what he's referencing, sorry, uh, yeah. some newspapers uh, they reported that what was what was the official title of Pintus? Was it like head of? He was the head fitness guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the okay, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Antonio Pintus, he, he was the, the the head fitness coach of of Inter, and so, <laughs> some newspapers reported that the. Um, the transfer was called off because Spinazzola failed, failed. some the Pintus failed test. some some tests that Pintus had put him through. Yeah. So because he failed them, Inter they 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 called off this swap deal, which yeah. again false. Yeah, it was it wasn't true. It turned out that I, I don't know who it was. I think it was Marotta who wasn't convinced because I think Marotta was the one who who brought him in the first place at at uh, Juve and and then he just wasn't convinced and he pulled he said no um basically slapping uh Auxilio on his bald head um <laughs> saying naughty boy naughty boy don't do this yeah no and, no deal and, no no deal don't listen to Piero uh and anyway that's what happened and then the the lowest moment I remember that he he comes back to Roma and then First game back, plays against Genoa, and he has yeah, they throw a goal right to his name. Yeah, right yeah. Into First, it. right into it. Everything is fine. Yeah, I, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just thinking about focusing on the club. I'm just thinking of it, on the victory, and uh, and he, he scores a goal, and that's and that's where and and somehow Fonseca manages to get him involved, to get him, you know, to play again, like like concentrated. Um, and obviously, there is also a big, you know, big part of it depends on himself. He, he works his ass off, and it's clear that he, he, he's following some some kind of, I don't know whether it's, it is spiritual or diet wise or Who something. Knows? Yeah, it, he's different. He plays different. He's more physical. He's not afraid of contact. He um he he runs like crazy, and right. 
and and I think it also says, you know, the fact that he didn't play those last few weeks for Roma, it means that he truly wasn't feeling very comfortable <laughs> with the right. with the fitness staff around him, trying to, you know, trying to get him back to playing before the Euros. Um, this guy is has, you know, an objective on his mind. He wants to be better. He's waiting. He's waited long enough. You know, you can't. I don't think any player can get you know more demotivated than the, by just sitting and watching thirty-five-year-old Kolarov um, starting, you know, over thirty matches ahead of you. Um, <laughs> no matter what his physical condition looks like, now this guy is has a purpose. He he has a starting role at his football club. He has the starting role for his national team. He is easily the best uh, Italian uh, fullback. Um, and and is doing really wonders because he's he's learned to play in in different ways and and I think that also says a lot about how Gasperini and Fonseca um, you know gave him some responsibilities because what he does in the national team is play all over the field you know the uh, Insigne wasn't doing too much Verratti wasn't doing too much against Austria and yet it seemed like that team still managed to have an engine going um 110 minutes into the game and that was because Spinazzola was still running around like crazy and and doing the things that he's so damn good at exactly I think you put it perfectly everybody was referencing the dentist story uh I Okay, that's a fun story. It's a fun thing to uh, like add to the mystique of what in the world has happened to this guy. But uh, clearly, in my opinion, he was significantly more motivated, showed a much higher work rate after that transfer failed. And I think, as you said, that was sort of like the catalyst for this turnaround. I just, uh, watching him play so well makes me so happy. And... Listen, I think there are some things we can get out of this. I have always expressed Spinazzola playing with four at the back versus uh, playing as a wingback in a three-man defense. At Roma, at least, he uh, he performed completely different. It was as if you had two different players. Well, guess what? I think now that you see him... If you were to pick out who the the, the best of the Italian national team have been... So far in the competition, he's either 1A or 1B. Maybe you could add uh, Jorginho. Uh, I don't know who else it would be. But I, I, I think if we're talking about the best performers throughout the entire tournament, he has to be one uh, one of the top two or three without question, in my opinion, for the Italian national team. And he's doing well in this 4-3-3 system of Roberto Mancini. And he's not only showing Andy that he's by far and away one of the best attacking assets of the team, but he is actually holding his own in defense, which in this system of Jose Mourinho, we all know how he's going to play. I'm not going to call it negative football, but I saw some people like, I forget who was retweeting it, but somebody on my timeline was retweeting some of these things that supporters of other nations were saying about oh this Spinazzola guy is really good it's just a shame that Mourinho is going to be his manager he needs to get out immediately because he, uh, Mourinho won't allow him this license to to uh, get forward to, to the degree that Mancini is which I actually disagree with because I think he will give him the license to go forward like this but I think 
circling back to what I was saying originally, I think him proving that he can do this in a four-at-the-back system I think is very important, very important, and has given a very mm-hmm. big message to Mourinho that, yeah, hey, you know what? I am willing to do that. Or, you know, I, I, I don't just have to be a wingback. I can make this work as a fullback. I have the work rate. I have the defending ability. I think it's been fantastic to see that unfold. Yeah, and uh, it's it's encouraging to see him do this in the internet on the international stage, and and you have people watching. You have people. You you know Mourinho is watching. He said he's gonna watch his players, and and um, you 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 know he's he must be studying closely what Spinazzola does, and I I just think that this is you know it's it's encouraging to see a player that is this has come to life again. Just like you know, and because those at the end of the day, that's that's who you want playing for you is is players with a purpose, players that feel once again, you know, in love with the game. That 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 it, it kind of kind of like Lukaku did at Inter. I mean, Lukaku before Inter was a player who you know just seemed like he couldn't care less, couldn't really believe in himself. Now this is a guy who's possessed, and why is that? Because Antonio Conte found a formula to 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 make him believe in himself again. You you can do this, you can do these things, and same thing goes for Spinazzola. Who for a long time seemed to be playing with that conviction: "Oh, I'm good at this, so let me just do this." And and now it seems like he's developed this this variety of skills that allowed him allow him to to approach a game. You know, in a, in a variety of ways, you know, and 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 doesn't it doesn't make him a defensive liability? It doesn't mean he can't go forward. Um, I've seen him everywhere so far in these Euros. I've seen him take on the responsibility of what should a guy like Insigne should do, which is cut inside mm. from from the flank. I, I I see him just playing purely on the wing. I see him tracking back at the 100th minute to strip uh, an Austrian player's uh, foot. Um, that, that it's, it's, it's that kind of thing that going into this new season, I want to see with, with somebody like, like, like Karstor. Because I know that if there is one player who I believe in my heart will do good with, with Mourinho or who at least will feel excited you know again about about playing with under Mourinho is going to be Karsdorp I want to see I want to see more and more of Karsdorp from from last season because that player really was was something I hadn't seen in a long time on that that right flank um Roma should be happy you know this is it's a luxury that not many people have and and the fact that you see how for example Inter are now saying goodbye to to Hakimi makes you makes you really appreciate that sometimes these players are not granted. I'm saying that Spinazzola is on the same level as Hakimi. I think Hakimi has a tremendous upside that Spinazzola doesn't have. But it, it, this the, the the current football and especially in Serie A, you don't have that much that much talent uh, in, in, in those positions. You just don't. And so when you have it, and when you see these players perform in such an inspiring way, you should really cherish it. Yeah, 100%. Some quick stuff on the transfer market. Can we, is there some sort of, because we support Roma, is there some sort of uh, 
title that we can have the Pope give to Marseille if these operations for Genghis Under and Paulo Lopez go through. Because I can't believe that a club would... <laughs> if you want to talk about like um, what are they, uh, like a get-out-of-jail-free card, I feel like to at least some extent Marseille are handing Roma that which, with Under and Paulo Lopez with these two operations, loans with operations to buy that they might be handing to them. Uh, wow 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 i I mean i'm stunned Mm -hmm. Uh, if roma managed to get these over the line i think i think they're two really good deals um for under obviously there's a bit of bitterness because originally if we remember for leicester it was supposed to be loan with obligation worth around 23 million euros yeah and then they come back they renegotiate it turns into a loan with option now don't look saddest at what day Roma... of my life. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was rough. Now, for Paulo Lopez, it would be loan with option to buy worth fifteen. For Genghis Under, it would be loan with option to buy for right around. Uh, uh, for, uh, Ro- uh, Romano Sky Sport. He said twelve. I was told it was going. It's, it's closer to fourteen. But whatever. Wh- whoever is right, it's it's less than fifteen. Uh, Roma paid what was it, thirteen plus two or three million euros for Genghis Under. So right. this figure is less than what they paid. Now, granted, you you have amortization, so you're it's still a plus valenza. But certainly in that regard, there's some bitterness. But from my point of view, Genghis Under has been done for a couple of years. Uh, you can't force a player to care. You can't force a player to exude uh, professionalism. So whatever Roma can get for him, I'm fine with. I mean, the fact beyond that, anybody would be willing to pay uh, double figures uh, for Paulo Lopez is really amazing to me. So this would be, I mean, if if Pinto can get these over the line, I think they're two good deals. And then, of course... Jaka, uh, Rui Patricio coming in in their place, and then Roma, they are in talks for uh, Kostic of, of, of Frankfurt. Where are you at right now with the market? Again, I know mm-hmm. I see a lot of people freaking out. The market isn't even technically open for another few days, so calm down. Okay, calm down. And as you said, the only thing happening right now is for players that are free, okay? Yeah. Beyond that, not much is happening. No, but it's, you know, the I think the priorities are correct. Um, it's 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 encouraging to see that right now the mantra is reduce the wage bill, reduce the wage bill, reduce the wage bill. I, I bet Pinto wakes up in the morning before his cup of coffee or mate or whatever he drinks in the morning. He says, reduce the wage bill, reduce the wage bill. And it's um it, that 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 is the correct mantra to have at Roma, especially because you have a shitload of players who are making a lot of money. And contributing zero, okay, Z- absolutely zero. You know, a guy like Under uh, with Clivert, it's trickier. I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna give Clivert a try. Uh, with Under, sure. you just know you have a player who's just looking to cash in his next monthly paycheck, wants to sit at home, watch some SpongeBob, throw in some shish kebab, chill out, you know. Um, and he can't do it. He just can't do it. You can't have that kind of player right now. You are bringing in Mourinho. You're bringing in a new culture, hopefully. And as I was saying before, to to have somebody like Spinazzola perform with that kind of motivation is encouraging for the whole team. So I can't have at the same time somebody like Spinazzola 
and somebody like Under. You gotta get rid of Under. And if they manage to get rid of Under, and they, if they manage to get rid of likes of Santon, Fazio, Pastore, being guys who enjoy sitting on the couch, because let's face it, that's where they're at right now. If you ask, I, I bet if you ask one of them, if you ask Santon, do you prefer playing on a regular basis football, starting constantly? Uh, working your ass off compared to sitting at home on a comfortable couch, sipping some, you know, I don't know, some iced tea, some fresca. That's what you guys drink in the States, right? Some fresca. Uh, if you, if, I mean, if this guy, if, the, if this guy will always choose option B, okay? And, and you just can't have it. I don't care what happens. You just can't have it. Um, so I'm, I think that the right now the mentality is get rid of of as much dead weight as possible before bringing in anybody else because that's where the mistakes happen right the roma has made that mistake time and time again i think that was like sort of the the first mistake that that took place when when monchi arrived is we brought in all these players but forgot that we also have a lot of other players we need to get rid of and that never happened and so there was this weird mix of new players mixing with with players that were on their way out but never that never happened i want to see that change i want to see the likes of chaka i want to see the likes of rui patricio i would love to see somebody like kostic come in but all in due time because there, there there has to be a priority. I do think that Marseille is a good move for for Paul Lopez. I think this is still a player who can who can give something, and I think he he can get something out of out of himself. Still, I think that, you know this was a this was a disappointing spell. Um, I don't know who you know who could succeed uh, still in that position following Alisson. there it's it's a tough position to cover especially in this roma team over this these past few years that haven't been the easiest you you didn't have as much quality as you had prior to that um and and i think that this is still a goalkeeper that has something to give i do think that marseille is also a bit of a difficult environment. I mean, you have uh, yeah. fans <laughs> running up and, you know, just like destroying rioting, the training right. grounds and rioting. I mean, this is... So um, he's going to have to watch himself. Uh, but I, I mean, I see... I see him doing far better than somebody like Under. Then if Under goes mm. on and scores in double digits, I'm going to be over the moon. But I just I just doubt that it will happen. And um, yeah, I just want to... You know, it's... I just want to see a nice, simple, clean Mercato where I think the focus should be on 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 getting rid of dead weight or at least reducing the wage bill considerably. Because if you want to start thinking about moving on, you can't do it with the same, you know, with the same weight dragging you down. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I just want to reiterate market is not open. There is no reason to bombard Roma's official Twitter account with an all-caps tweet saying, why haven't you brought anybody in? It's been slow for all of Europe. Right. And <laughs> even if it were open, ugh, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of things moving quickly, okay? Oh, this no. Is... Especially as the Euros are on, no way. Well, that, COVID, we're still dealing with it. Just yep. take a breath. I'm as you said. Let's get some of the some of the access out of the club first. 
if they somehow manage to do these two deals and then they manage to offload somebody like Javier Pastore, I mean, we will have a celebration of sorts on here. Uh, I, I don't know what that would entail or how we would do it. We will send out a Zoom link and we will all celebrate in unison. And I, I can't even imagine if Santon Fazio were added to that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, we already got rid of Juan Jesus, so that's you know that that's worth celebration in and of itself. Minor victory, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so you you know you add Pastore, Santon, Fazio to that as well. Uh, that in and of itself should be some sort of uh, holiday because, as you said, okay, these are guys who playing football has become secondary in their minds. Okay, for sure. Even I, yeah. I I I, I, sw- I I just can't believe that you know because they always love, oh I, I I still love to play you know the, 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 all that crap no I'm pretty sure that when you're Fazio and you're 33 or whatever he is and you haven't been a starter for the past two years you start to get pretty you know acclimated to 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 the the the, the, the soft touch of your couch that's <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Once something goes through, of course, we'll be back here uh, for a reaction. But until next time, just take a breath. People will be coming in. They will be doing acquisitions. But first, they need to offload some players. So uh, we will chat. Who knows? Maybe later in the week, maybe one week from now. We do turn the page to the 1st of July this week. So I do have a feeling that we will see some things happening this week. So more than likely, we'll be back to react to the news that I feel will happen later in the week. So chat with you relatively soon. Until then, ciao. Ciao. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done 